And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Just for a few minutes, I want to continue talking about the mercies of the Lord. Many of you are aware that we've been on a, on a sermon series called, called um, uh, The Mercies of God. Thank God for His mercies. Amen. And as we said, I think it's not preached enough in the church. The mercy of God, who God is, the attribute of God. We should take time to explore and find out more of God and not decide who God is on what we see in the Old Testament. Mm, we see a lot of judgment in the Old Testament. Are you with me, saints? We do see that, but what I need you to keep in mind, as I said last week, is God gave these nations hundreds of years to repent. And they never repented. God came and he raised up Israel as a nation to be a light to them. They never repented. They choose to remain yet in their sins. And as you know, judgment comes after a certain time. Amen. But that's at the end. Because the Bible did tell us, tell us that God is not, God is not, uh, uh, God is. Uh, can you go to, can you go to, um, I think it's 2 Peter 3, 9. Yeah. Second Peter 3, 9. Let me read the text instead of just saying it. Amen. I need you to see this before I get into God's word. Uh -huh. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. You got it? I don't have it in my text. Sorry. Mm -hmm. 3.9. You got it? Somebody got it? What it says? God is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count, but is what? Long suffering. <laughs> he is long suffering to us words, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That is the God we serve. He is not slack concerning his promises, but his long suffering. He suffers long, meaning that he's patient. He doesn't have a short fuse. He doesn't throw in the towel quickly, but he's patient with his children. Are you getting what I'm saying? I need you to get that and understand that about God. That's not been preached enough. What's been preached is God will get you. Mm-hmm. For years as a child growing up, I see God looking over the banisters of heaven in a white short pants with, a, with a, a club in his hands ready to knock me out. That's the image I had of God in my head as a child growing up because of the way it, was be, it came across. Amen? But I want you to know that God is a loving God. He's a merciful God. Today I'm going to show you what God says about himself. We've heard what many people said about God. We've read commentaries after commentaries. We've heard verbal commentaries. We've read written commentaries of God. What men think of God. But the Bible tells us God gave us a testimony of who God is. And just for a little while, brothers and sisters, I want to take some time to read what God says about himself. Is that all right? Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me read our text. I just want to read it. I may just have the time to introduce it, but nevertheless want to read it. Can you turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 3? 
chapter 34, sorry. Exodus chapter 34, verse 5, 6, and 7. Praise the Lord. Amen. Exodus chapter 34, verse 5 reads, And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The hymn here is, can you go back to, can you go back to verse 5? The hymn here is Moses. Let me give you some background information to bring you up to speed. Things I'm introducing the text. Is that all right? Moses was on the, was on the mount. Receiving instructions from God as to how to build the temple, the tabernacle, and how to consecrate Aaron and the, and the rest of the priest. He also got hewed out for him out of stones two tablets with the Ten Commandments. He's on the mount. While he's on the mount, the children of Israel are below the mount cutting up. They said, to Aaron, they said to Aaron, as for Moses, we are not, we're not sure what I'm to this dude. He's been up there 40 days, 40 nights. Let's make our own God. It seems like he's forsaken us. God saw it. He told Moses. He told Moses, I'm, he said, and I'm paraphrasing. He said, I'm going to destroy every one of them. And Moses said, don't. Moses interceded for them. Listen carefully. Moses came down. He saw the children of Israel worshiping a golden calf. The first set of tablets God gave him, he broke the tablets. He was so, he got so irate. He just came from a good, he just came on the mount with a good God. Mm, receiving instructions on behalf of the people. The people at the bottom of the mount, mm, disobeying God. He came down and, and, and he broke the tablets. He has to go back up the mount for a new set of tablets. Now, that's where we are. He went back up the mount for a new set of tablets. And the Bible says, when God saw Moses came up the mount, the Lord descended in the cloud. Are you with me now? You know where we are now? God descended in the cloud and stood with Moses there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Now, God proclaimed, declared his name. And he's going to tell us who he is in verse 6 and 7. Are you with me, saints? Now, let me say that again. Many people have heard and, and many people have said to us what they think God, whom God is based on what we read in scripture. But this is God's own testimony of himself. Are you ready to hear what God says about himself? This is what God told Moses. Now, this is after the people. Listen to me very carefully. This is after the people committed or transgressed the first commandment. The first commandment is you shall have no idols before me. Can you go to Exodus chapter? Let's look at the first commandment so we can put this in place. Because God is coming down here talking. If it's me, I'll be mad, but not God. <laughs> Are you seeing how God is merciful? Oh God, can you go to Exodus chapter 20? Exodus chapter 20. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at the Ten Commandments. I'm sorry, I did not give you that scripture at the start. Sometimes the scriptures just come to me as I preach. Is that all right? Amen. Exodus chapter 22. 20, sorry. Let's look at the Ten Commandments. Let's look at the first commandment they transgressed. Exodus 20 verse 1. Let's read from verse 1. We all need to get to verse 3, but, and God spake all these words saying, verse 2, I am the Lord your God, which have brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Verse 3, 
Thou shalt, here comes the first commandment. Thou shalt have what? No other gods before me. They just made a golden calf. Transgress the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. Can you continue? Verse 4. Verse 4. Thou shalt make. Thou shalt not make unto you any graven image. Is the golden calf a graven image? Yes it is. Or anything like it. That is in heaven above. Or that is in the earth beneath. Or that is in the earth or under the water. Can you go? Verse 5, you shall not bow, did they bow to the calf? Yes, they did. For that matter, the Bible says, these people were so, can I use wicked? They got up early morning, made sacrifices for God to forgive them of their sins before they committed the sins. I, they got up very early, offered sacrifices, then the Bible says they rose up to play. To play is a euphemism for all type of debauchery. That's after the sacrifice. And God came down in the cloud. And look at how God is presenting himself. <laughs> Can you go back to our text? Exodus chapter 34. Let us hear what God has to say about himself. He's now coming down to speak. To give Moses a brand new set of tablets. Amen. And he's telling Moses who he is. Because Moses himself thinks God is mad. Mm, are you with me? So God said, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord. Is he the Lord? Yes. You see those words in cap? I'll get, if I have time, I'll explain that. Amen. The Lord God in Hebrew, when something is mentioned twice, it means for real, for real. I'm not lying. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? He said, the Lord God, what's the first thing God said about himself? He's merciful. After they transgressed the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. God came down and tell the man, I am merciful. You, you see, what I'm talking, what I'm, what I'm preaching now, you see, a couple of years ago, 10, 15 years ago, I fell in love with God because of this. Yeah, I, I, my love for God crescendoed. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance for real. When you get to know how good God is, you don't want to hurt him. You remain soft, flexible. God can work with you. Came down in the midst of the cloud after they sinned day after day, night after night. He came down and he said, I am the Lord. I am still God. Your sin hasn't changed the way I'm going to deal with you. Your sins doesn't define my character. I am still God. I'm still merciful. <laughs> I haven't changed my mind about you because my promises are yes and amen. Oh, I wish somebody had tell me that when I was 25. Instead of telling me God is out to get you, have me living a life of fear, not being in love with God. 
I tell you, I tell you, I got something for the world and for the devil. I tell you, I'm going to serve my God. You hear me? I'm going to serve my God. I'm going to give my God praise. I'm going to fall in love with God day by day by day by day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Yes, I'm going to do that. He's a wonderful savior. He's a mighty God. He's still the everlasting father. He said, I'm merciful. <laughs> Not only am I merciful, but I am gracious. <laughs> Ooh. No, no, I haven't got time to elaborate on each particular character. You come back and we will. But I just want to name them a person. In passing. Are you with me, saints? He said, I am merciful and what? Gracious. <laughs> you, you, you see, back in the Hebrew days, somebody's name encompasses all who they are. That's why all their names have meanings. Oh, glory be to You get what I'm saying? So God's saying, I am the Lord. When you think of the Lord, think of mercy. Think of... Uh, Don't think of what you read about me in a commentary. Uh, <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Uh, think that, think of me as being merciful. Think of me as being gracious. Think of me as being long-suffering. I don't have a short fuse. I don't throw in the towel. I, just, I won't give up on you easily. You may give up on yourself, but I, I'm with you all the way. I'm with you all the way. God is with you all the way. Don't you worry if your mind, your mind works against you. Your mind was, our mind was designed for one thing, and that is to keep us safe. Not to take risk. That's why the Bible says we got three enemies. The world, the flesh, which is the mind and the devil. Oh, the mind looks for comfort. Are you with me? It looks for comfort and safety. But we were not born for easy. We were born to stretch. I'm, tr I'm trying to get to my message. I'm still trying. I feel the presence of the Lord. Especially in these last days, we need to know that God is merciful. Mm? We need to know that God is long-suffering. We need to know that God is gracious. Is he gracious? He continues, not only am I gracious and long-suffering, and abundant in... Come on, somebody. This is God's testimony of himself. Now tell me, if somebody is abundant in goodness, will they send? See? Will they send a virus? Like the coronavirus? You, you see, when you know about God, there are some things you can never say God does. Yeah. He never, he doesn't do these things. Right? He doesn't do these things. We live on earth. Earth is a fallen place and stuff happens. So God gave us the power to correct the wrong things that happen on earth. <laughs> you see? Yeah, yeah, you see? But that's not being taught. We have been taught to be passive. Yeah. We've been taught to what? To be passive. 
Yeah, don't fight against the devil. Just, 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 just roll over and let him. The devil is a liar. The Bible says, Paul said to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. He told Timothy, endure hardness with me as a good soldier. Soldiers fight. Soldiers, do, do you know what gets a soldier excited? The clashing of the, of the, of the swords. Just the clashing of swords. And when he, a, a real warrior runs forward. And he, he's, when the swords are clashing, he's excited. It doesn't matter if he dies. He's dying for a purpose. <laughs> he doesn't back down. We have people telling the chain the church that you cannot. I sometimes, sometimes, I listen to a lot of teachings, preaching. Some of them I just turn off. Yeah, I just turn them off because you cannot tell me as a Christian. That I cannot fight the devil. I have to tell the devil. The Lord rebukes you like an angel did. No, no. God didn't die for angels. He died for Christians. And then he said in James chapter 4 verse 7. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. If you don't resist the devil. He's going nowhere. He'll, the devil will take up. In your house. So the Bible says you got to what? Resist. But first he said, submit yourselves therefore to God. Amen. You got to put yourself in order. You got to put yourself in a position to be able to resist. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not submitted to God, there is no resisting. When you submit, <laughs> you build power. As I said before, how many of you drive a, you've driven a, a shift stick? You go down to second gear for power. That is submitting. <laughs> you build some power. And then you disengage the engine. Place it in fourth. And you move forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's submitting. When you submit, you, you go back to get power. So you can resist the devil. And when, he, when you do, the Bible says he will live. Because his only weapons are deceptions. We are not fighting for victory since we are fighting from victory. <laughs> we are fighting from victory, not for victory. You know, let, let me tell you quickly. Yeah, yeah. Let, let me share this with you. You know, last week we, we ended our sermon talking about King Manasseh. Remembered, King Manasseh was one of the most wicked king in the entire nation of Israel. And the Bible tells us in 2 Chronicles chapter 33 what he did. And you know, while I was preparing the sermon, the Lord said to me that um, there are those who are, having, who are having a difficult time embracing his mercy and his forgiveness. And the Lord said to me, if I could forgive Manasseh, who was a bona fide murderer. He said, are you getting what I'm saying? He said, how much more will I forgive those who are under the new covenant? And so if you're here today, brothers and sisters, and you're having problems embracing the mercy of God,
believing that God has really forgiven you. If you're coming to God every day asking him to forgive you for a particular sin, stop it. Let me say that again. Stop it. If you do that, it means that you don't believe God when he says in Psalms 103 that he has not dealt with you. I think it's verse 13, 14, 15. He's not dealt with you after the manner of your sins. Are you with me, saints? If you keep coming to God every day, asking him to forgive you, forgive you, forgive you, it means that you, had, you, you haven't believed God when God said he's forgiven you. So I'm asking him to stop it in the name of Jesus. Psalms 103. Forget what verse it is, but you need to see what God says. I'm going to remind you. We touched on it uh, briefly last week, but I need, I need you to really get this right here. This is so important, saints. You got it? Psalms 103? We'll get it. Praise the Lord. I thank God that you're not in a hurry. <laughs> Psalms 103, down it says he's not dealt with us according to our sins. He's as far as the east is from the west. That's how far he's taken our transgressions from us. Further down, if, if it's not verse 11, I know it's in Psalms 103. I pray, every, I pray, I pray it every day. You got it? No? Oh. Verse 10? Verse 10. Okay. I said verse 11. And nobody looks at verse 11. <laughs> okay. He's not dealt with us after our, after what? After our sins, no rewarded us according to our iniquities. Can you go to verse 11? It says, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his what? Mercy. Can you measure the height from heaven to earth? The Bible says that's how great is his, his mercy is towards you. I meditated on this for about three to four months. Just this verse. So I can get an understanding of how merciful God is. Brothers and sisters, nobody can convince me that God is not merciful. So great is his mercy towards them that fear him. Verse 12 reads. For as far as the east is from the west. So far hath he removed our what? Do you believe that? If you believe that why worry and come to God every asking him to forgive you. Just accept the forgiveness and move on. Now I, I checked it. Notice the Bible didn't say he as far as the north is from the south because there's a north pole and there's a south pole i checked it the distance from the north to the south pole is about twelve thousand four hundred and thirty six thousand miles that's the distance there is no distance between east to west you just keep going and going and go so as far as the east is from the west, so far have he removed our transgressions from us. Saints, do you believe that? And so if you are here this morning, and if you're looking, and you're having problems accepting God's forgiveness, it is not God. I'll tell you who it is. It is your conscience. It's your conscience. The Bible says... The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3 verse 17, it says if your heart condemns you. That's what it, if your heart condemns you. 
Is it first John or John? Oh man. John chapter 3, verse 17. I know it's 3 or 20. Can you see 20? Can you first John 2, 3 20? 20, not 17. Sorry, 17 and something else. Thank you. It says, if your heart condemns you, God is what? Greater than our heart. And knoweth all things. In other words, if your conscience condemn you. Your heart here means, it means, it's an interesting word. It means to record against. If your, if your conscience is recording stuff against you, that's what it does. It records every bad thing you've done. Mm -hmm. It doesn't record good things. That's why it's an enemy. So it's there recording all your wrong. All your wrong. And one day when you try to get up and breathe and think you're going somewhere. He throws it in your face. That's what your conscience does. And the devil loves conscience. Mm, that's why the Bible says we got three enemies. The world, the devil, and the flesh. And the flesh is talking about the five senses. Our conscience. That's why it's good to train your conscience to praise God. Amen. So the Bible says the problem is your conscience. If you and notice what the Bible says, if because some of us we've learned to train our conscience. Let me see. <laughs> Not everybody conscience condemns them. Some people have some people have worked with that conscience and they've transformed. They've memorized enough scripture verse, they, verses. They've listened to enough passages. They've read enough of the Bible to keep the conscience under. So the Bible says, if your heart condemns you, who is greater? God is greater than your conscience. And he knows all things. Don't worry if your conscience when it comes to condemn you. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation. <laughs> to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Don't you worry if your conscience... 2 Corinthians 10, 15 tells us how to deal with it. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You take it down. You don't stay there and let the devil bring thoughts in your mind. And How many of you, you've seen people think, think and all of a sudden they start crying? Just start crying. Nobody... Has inflicted any pain on them? Hmm? <laughs> you, you, uh, do you know how I knew that? Do you know how I know that? Do you know how I know people would sit and think and cry? You know how I know that? I used to do it. The devil had me one day. <laughs> he had me. Not anymore. <laughs> I'm delivered! Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You got to take it and bring it into captivity. When the devil tells you you won't be nothing. Look, you've made all these mistakes. Mm. Are you with me? All these mistakes, what's going on? I had a young lady come up to me and said to me, Pastor, what's wrong with me? I said, what do you mean, what's wrong with you? She said, I have had five abortions. She said, what happened to my kids? I said, they are all in heaven. I said, put yourself together. Have you asked God for forgiveness? Yes, I did. Well, stop asking him every day. 
you done what Manasseh did? Have you seen what Manasseh did? And God forgave Manasseh. You, <laughs> you mind if we just read what Manasseh did and God forgave him? Let's just, can we read it again? Let's read. For those of you who think your sin is all that. <laughs> those of you who think your sin is beyond God. You see, that is why I love the Lord. He heard my cry. Oh, God is a good God. Ah, Glory be to Jesus. Let us quickly visit what Manasseh did. So you'll have an idea. You'll have a gauge. Amen. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. I think it's, is it 2 Chronicles? Somewhere in 2 Chronicles, you got it? 2 Chronicles 33, thank you. It says here. You got it? Let's start from verse 2. But did Manasseh did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, like unto the abominations of the heathen. He behaved just like an unsaved, mm, whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. Can you go to verse 3? God is beginning to list what Manasseh did. He built again the high places which Hezekiah, his father, had broken down. And he read up altars for Baalim. And made groves and worship all the host of heaven and serve them. He believed in astrology, the zodiac. He believed in reading the palm and <laughs> and he built altars in the house of the in the house of the Lord. Verse, can you jump to verse 5? And he built altars for all the hosts of heaven. In, in the outer court and in the inner court in the temple, this man had idols. For elder hosts, all the hosts of heaven. You, <laughs> the, anyhow, let's read, let's read. And he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnon. He took his kids. And offer his babies as sacrifices. <laughs> and he observed times and used enchantments and used witchcraft and dealt with familiar spirit and with and with wizards. He was a male witch. He wrought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Verse 7. And he set a carved image, the idol of which he had made in the house of the Lord. In church. Can you jump over to verse 9? So Manasseh made Judah. Verse 9. So, Masa, so Manasseh made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to err. And to do worse than the heathen. Whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. And the Lord spake to Manasseh and to his people. But they would not hearken. Hmm? Wherefore the Lord brought upon them the captains of the host of the kings of Assyria, which took Manasseh among the thorns and bound him with fetters and carried him to Babylon. Listen here to verse 12. And when he was in affliction, he was in prison, he was in a hole, no lights. He besought the Lord his God, he began to pray and humbled himself greatly before God for his father. Mm, he finally saw he was wrong. He messed up. Now look what God did. And prayed unto him. He prayed unto God. 
and he was intrigued of him. God listened to Manasseh. And he heard his supplications. And guess what? Guess, look what God did. And brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. God restored the kingdom to Manasseh. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. Let me ask you, have any of you, any of you here, have you done a quarter of what Manasseh did? Those of you looking, have you done just a quarter of what Manasseh did? I'm telling you, God tell me to tell you, accept his forgiveness and move on. He's merciful. God is not out to get you or get me. He's out to love us. And it's time we get to know that. Too much people are writing about God's judgment. Can somebody talk about God's mercy, his grace, his abundant... Uh, it, let's go back to uh, Exodus 34. Let's, and, and we'll bring it to an end. I'll just name it. We'll go through it. So the Lord is merciful. The Lord is gracious. His long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth. Oh, that sounds so sweet. Hmm? Abundant in keeping mercies for thousands. <laughs> keeping it for thousands. Forgiving iniquity. Do you know what iniquity is? Iniquity is the sin that you have in your heart to do. But you haven't done it as yet. Only God can see it. Yeah. Yeah, he said God has forgiven that and transgression and sin. And that will by no means clear the guilty. Now listen to what God is saying. Not because he forgives you. Amen. You're going to get away with sin. Mm, he said if you're guilty, you need to ask for forgiveness. Mm, are you with me? Because God's word. He has magnified his word above his name. So he has to go with his word. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? The Bible says the soul that sinneth it shall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. So God has to go with his word. But he says right here, he said forgiving iniquity. So you need to ask God for forgiveness. You need to open up your mouth and humble yourself and ask God for forgiveness. And every time you do, he's ready to forgive you. God is not God. God, God never says you again. <laughs> <laughs> God never says that He doesn't get tired He's long suffering And Psalms 103 tells us Why he's long suffering Because he knows human beings are dust We are dirt That's what the Bible says I know some of you disagree <laughs> But I believe God Amen. That's why God, God knows the human beings. Mm -hmm. And he knows that the devil is harassing us. He knows. That's why the Bible says he's touched with the very feelings of our infirmities. He's really our high priest. He's a high priest who's touched. He knows where you are. He's full of compassion. God fills you in his heart. He feels what you feel. That's why the Bible says he's compassion. He's compassionate. He's full of compassion. And I need you to live today thinking of how God, God presented himself. This is God's own testimony of who he is. That's who he is. Hmm? Can you believe what God says about himself? 
<laughs> Since do you know, do you know that the, how many of you have heard of the Ark of the Covenant? The Ark of the Covenant. You've heard. The top of the Ark of the Covenant. Anybody knows what it's called? The mercy seat. The mercy what? Seat. On the mercy seat there were two angels facing one another. Are you with me? But the mercy seat, guess what the mercy seat was covering? The mercy seat was covering the Ten Commandments which was written against Israel. So on the Ten Commandments, God has mercy shutting it down. <laughs> because that was never God's will. Ah. Mercy over the law. Because the Bible says the law came by Moses. But righteousness and truth came by Jesus Christ. Can somebody give God some praise? <laughs> hey, glory be to God. Can you thank God for his mercy? His mercy from everlasting to everlasting. Oh, we bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. He has you covered with his mercy. Oh my God, I give you praise. Apostle, I found that out. I got free. Free to dance and sing. Free to lift my voice and worship. Lord, I'm free. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, that's good news to me. <laughs> oh, God, we give you praise. Yes. Yes. How many of you love the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The truth will set you free. Free from human beings and what they have to say about you. Free from the devil. Because what God did for you, nobody can. Hallelujah. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. 
and the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.